and welcome to Season 2, Episode 41 of the We Are Speaking Podcast. During each weekly 15-minute episode, we address some of our favorite topics, including American history and culture, government, education, and politics from a Black perspective. We're so glad you're joining us today. The podcast is brought to you by our company, the Team Owens 313 Global Creative Community. We offer branding and marketing services, including online training and small group coaching and one-on-one coaching to independent writers and creative and solo professionals. You can find out more at our website, teamowens313gcc.com. As a free or paid subscriber to the We Are Speaking publication, you can access the podcast episodes through the website or on your favorite podcast player. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. My name is Pamela Hilliard-Owens, and I am one of the co-hosts of We Are Speaking, in partnership with my husband and business partner, Keith Owens, who also wrote and performed the intro and outro music for this podcast. And speaking of Keith, here he is. Hi, Keith. Hey, good to be here again. Okay, I can't believe we've, we're 41 yep. episodes in. That's, that's right. That's great. That's, that's right. exciting. Um, and this week, we, we, we were thinking about topics for this week. There were several to choose from. But we decided on the Joe Biden's budget proposal. He said a month or so ago, actually as soon as the House finally went into session, after it took them a week to decide on a, on a speaker, he said uh, that the budget proposal, he would have his ready on March 9th, and that he expected the Republicans to have theirs ready. And what, ha- and what the Republicans are doing, besides not having their budget proposal ready, of course, what the Republicans are doing on purpose is conflating the debt ceiling, raising the debt ceiling, which is constitutionally mandated, and the budget. And so they're blaming Biden for not negotiating on the debt ceiling because there is no negotiation on the debt ceiling. It, like I said, it's in the 14th Amendment. And uh, I'm still waiting to hear if Kevin McCarthy has had a full reading of the Constitution, which he said in December he was going to do. And if he had had a full reading of the Constitution, when you, when you got, to the, got to the 14th Amendment, it says right there, the United States will not default on its debts. Will not default on its debts. And so it is in the Constitution. And remember, the debt ceiling is to pay for bills and for things that have already been spent. It's not for future. uh, It's not for any future spending. And so, but Joe Biden is open to negotiations on the budget, which is a completely different thing. And so yesterday, which was March 9th, he presented his budget. It's very, very far reaching. And of course, the, the minute he presented it, the Republicans said no. Because it has tax increases in there, and the Republicans refuse to raise any taxes. All they want is tax cuts. So, Keith, what do you have to say about um, his budget? Well, I think what's happening is is that, and this isn't just happening with the budget. This is happening elsewhere with what's happening with the Republicans, is that they're being exposed. And they're being exposed because, first of all, with the budget, rhetoric is no match for math. Right. Okay, numbers have to add up. And when, and you have to have a plan. Rhetoric right. is also not no match for a plan. And so when you, what President Biden has done is when he challenged them basically to, to come up with a budget mm-hmm. and say, I have mine. I have my numbers. You bring your numbers to the table. I'll bring mine. I'll meet you anywhere, anytime. And the way it's supposed to work is we, is we negotiate. Right. Okay, we, we, I, I want this amount of money for defense. You don't want that back and forth. 
That's what he's invited him to do. Mm-hmm. To, just to do it the way it's supposed to be done. One th- Mitt Romney, uh, who's obviously more moderate Republican, but he's also but he, a multi-multi-millionaire. But he made he made the predictable challenge. He said, "Well, this budget will never pass." Of course, it's not. Right. That that's the, the first shot across the bow is never expected to. Right. What that what he's do, doing is saying this is what he wants to do. What it does do is it shows what his priorities are, right. what he wants to do. But in the light of the battle going with the Republicans. I mm-hmm. mean, in traditional times, even then, with regular Republicans and Democrats, it's still it's not the first shot is never expected to just, everybody says, oh, that's a great budget in right, the past. Right. What's supposed to happen is what Biden is trying to uh, bait them into, not bait them, encourage them to do this time, to negotiate. Right. Right. But what he's doing here also is that he's backing them into the corner because, as we discussed before, during his, he's backing them into the corner that, to show that they don't have anything. Just like when, during the during the Republican convention, well, during the during the convention when they realized they had no platform, right? Well, like the last that was the twenty sixteen right. and the well, as much as the twenty twenty, right? But you know when they have the conventions, the Democrats and the Republicans to, to nominate their candidate, mm-hmm. right. they have what's called a platform, which are policies. And I believe it was in I know it was in twenty twenty, but even in twenty sixteen, but in twenty twenty, they said our only platform is what Trump what says. What Trump it says is. exactly. And so what they're what they're being backed into now is now not only do they not have a platform. Mm-hmm. They don't have anything for the budget. Right. Okay. So nothing. All, not, nothing. All they have is anger and rhetoric. So when so what Biden is doing is saying, here is an entire plan. Right. If you don't like it, at least have something to counter it. Mm-hmm. Have something. The other thing is, is what he, where he's backing them in the corner, is that the things that he's proposing, the, we talk about issues like abortion, etc., Republicans are getting backed into a corner because all these policies they are promoting their own people. Right. Voters right, right, right. don't want. Right. And so he's proposing programs. We have record low unemployment. Mm-hmm. People, more people going to work. His policies are working. Right. So what, so what, so they're, they're, and that's why you have DeSantis and others going hyper extreme on the culture wars. Right. Because they have nothing else. That's why they have to attack Mickey Mouse and everything else and going after trans issues and LGBTQ issues and, and education. And, and education issues. Not, not even edu- education is a real issue, but, but controlling what somebody reads. Right. Controlling what somebody reads in reason education. education mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're going after all this and the, with the budget and then we'll go back and forth there. But I think that's that's the main thing is that he's showing he basically showing what he showed the, his entire ever since he's been in office right. is that he has a plan he has a workable plan right. his plan has been working and he's just saying I have one what do you have because it's easy. To, to shout from the fringes. Now you have to be an adult. Right. And you have to bring something to the table. And they have not done that exactly, yet. Exactly, exactly. And so Biden's budget, of course, Kevin McCarthy says, it's expanding the government to the largest that it's ever been. And it has a lot of spending in it. What Because what they want are more tax cuts. Mm-hmm. Because ever since, well, Forever, but especially since Reagan, they, which is what was called the trickle down theory, that if you give money to the wealthiest, they will invest it and have more jobs and all of that. Well, that has not been worked. true. But it, at least that was a plan. Well, yeah, that was, well, it was a plan. <laughs> right. These guys don't even have. Right. It's, right. It's, it's, it's never worked, but they don't even have. They that. don't even have that. And and today the jobs numbers came out for February, and three hundred and eleven thousand more jobs were added. The estimate was 250,000. So it exceeded what even the estimates were going to be. And so, and again, the, the unemployment went up like two-tenths of a percent. It went up from 3.4 to 3.6. But that is the lowest unemployment has been in 50 years. 
And so the Republicans in in all of this, it's so funny because Trump said, are we tired of winning yet? Although he's he continues to lose. But Biden is the one who's winning because his economic uh, programs are the ones that are are not only good for the people, but are popular with the people. And he said all the time. I'm building the economy from the bottom up and the middle out rather than from the top down. And so, of course, the, what, what he wants, it's, it, he, his budget proposal would cut the deficit because uh, Republicans are great talking about deficits, would cut the deficit by $2.9 over the next decade, okay? And so the Biden is, is calling out, as you said, it's calling out the Republicans because Biden has said, if you want me to know what you value and what you stand yeah. for, show me. Mm-hmm. And so since they have no budget proposal, they're showing us they have nothing. Mm-hmm. And they have no values or anything except let's keep the taxes, let's keep the taxes, right. and let's cut out everything for everybody else. And that's the thing that's also really interesting. And, and I would say it's comical if it wasn't so serious, where President Biden has also boxed them because, during remember, during a State of the Union, he, he comically got them to say on public I love that, that they would not touch Social Security right, or Medicaid. Right, right, right. Well, now that they've gone record saying that, because they want to they want to slash everything. They want right. to cut the budget, cut spending. Well, they said they won't touch Social Security. They won't touch Medicare. They can't cut the defense spending. There's nowhere to cut. And so the, all these things that they're trying to plan for all these things that they're promising that they want to do. What he's exposing is that not only do they not have a plan, but they're incompetent. Because the people who are in charge of, oh, that's a whole other show, but the, the, all these committees right. and investigations, they, they're incompetent. So they don't know what to do. They, they, they can't quit being a budget because they haven't got anybody. The, the guy who's creating their budget is, is Trump's former budget director. And literally the the name of his proposal, this is one they're rallying around because they're trying to say they don't have a budget of their own. Right. So they said, well, they bring in Russell Vought because obviously right. he's he's the guru of Trump. His, the title of his proposal is called A Commitment in Woke and Weaponized Government. Oh, wow. They, that's and they the, that's the, his budget proposal. That's the name of his budget proposal. And, and not only that, but it's, this is from Paul Krugman's column in the New York Times. He says, somehow manages to mention critical race theory <laughs> In the in the budget in the budget in, 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 sixteen times in his budget in, in a budget proposal they're, they're not serious they're, they're, they're not they're not serious at all and they also for, conveniently forget that twenty five percent of the current deficit was caused by Trump's twenty seventeen tax cuts um, and and the reason why when you cut taxes that means you're cutting revenue. And then that means we have to borrow for other programs. Now, Biden's pro, Biden's proposal, on the other hand, would revolve primarily over taxing the wealthy. And when we talk about wealthy, we're talking about wealthy, wealthy people. Um, no one un, who makes uh, under four hundred thousand dollars would be would, would have their taxes raised at all. And then, and if that's you, the majority of people. And that is that is most of the people in the United States. In the United States, the the medium median income. For people in the United States, it's between forty and fifty thousand dollars. That's a long way, four hundred thousand. And depending on where you live in the country, a hundred thousand dollars a year doesn't get you very far. Doesn't get you very far in New York. Doesn't get you very far in some places in California. But for the most people, forty to fifty thousand dollars is just barely middle class. Just barely middle class. A lot of people who are on minimum wage or lower wage jobs, they're, they're, they're getting by on. Thirty and thirty-five thousand dollars a year, which is peanuts, no matter where you live. And so, so 
when you're talking about nobody under $400,000, $400,000 is a huge amount of money to most people. Huge amount of money. And so nobody, nobody under, would have their taxes raised. Then the people who make more than that, it would be on a sliding scale to where people who are actually, as, as Joe Biden said, there's about a thousand billionaires in America. That's a lot of billionaires. But the, the wealthiest people, the, the tax rate right now after, after George W. Bush and Trump are, are reduced it from 38%, which is what it was for a while. It's now down to 21%. He wants to raise that to 25%. And people forget in the 1950s, the, under the- 90%. It was 90%. 90%. It was 90% at the wealthiest wealthiest areas. And that's how we pay for everything, right. including the um, interstate highways, right. including education, because people are com- complaining about the debt the debt for schools. The f- federal government subsidized college educations uh-huh. until 1980. We paid our bills. And, and all, right. the, all the bills that's were right. paid and all of that. And the wealthiest were taxed at 90%. Now they're talking about raising it from 21% to 25%. And so... Um, Mostly so to uh, the, the taxing of the wealthy would help to fund programs for the middle class, older adults, and families. And it would raise $4.7 trillion from higher taxes with an additional $800 billion in savings from changes to other programs. Mm-hmm. And it includes, of course, a reversal of the 2017 tax cuts made by Donald Trump on people earning more than $400,000 a year. And he says a minimum, 25% minimum tax on households worth $100 million or more. We can't even fathom $100 million. That doesn't even come into most people's idea of what do you do with that kind of money? Most people are trying to live from paycheck to paycheck. And so when you're talking about $100 million people right now, oh, oh, what do you want? I also want to go ahead. No, just real quick. All, all President Biden is trying to do is to right the ship. That's right. That's exactly. all he's trying to do. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I think the ninety percent was right at the time because you had to pay for the war. Right. I, I have no problem saying, okay, ninety percent. You want to bring that back down right. some? Mm-hmm. I get that. But the the problem is, is that we're going out to twenty five percent. All he is saying, which he says all the time, right. is just pay your fair share. Pay your That's fair all share. he's trying right. to say. Mm-hmm. And when people get this upset about it, it's. You, they try to look at it like it's class warfare. You, you also forget, and I'm going to look this up while you go on, but the, the transfer of wealth during these past yeah, I need to find the exact number of years, but so we talk about the ta- taxing the rich. Since 1980, since the Reagan times. That's it. The, 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 so many more multimillionaires and billionaires have been created. Right. You know, so it's like the least you can do is pay your fair share of taxes. These are, they weren't even there before, right. but when all the regulations and laws were changed in their favor, and then you get people who can have their own rocket ships. Right. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And meanwhile, the minimum wage of seven twenty-five hasn't changed in 30 That's years. Right. Hasn't right. changed in 30 years. Right. And so before Keith goes on to his next point, a quick word from our sponsor, the Team Owens 313 Global Creative Community Branding and Marketing Academy. And a reminder that we offer branding and marketing services. It includes online training. We have a six-course uh, bundle for independent writers and authors, and a six-course bundle for creative and solo professionals, where you can go through these six courses and on branding and marketing for depending on whether you're an independent author or a creative or solo professional, and you can have a chance for to participate in our weekly group coaching that we have. So you can go onto the website, teamowens313gcc.com, to find out more information. 
Keith? I, I was looking up, there's a report that just came out in uh, January mm-hmm. of this year from Oxfam, and it's, it's basically says the richest 1% bag nearly twice as much wealth as the rest of the world put together. Billionaire fortunes are increasing by $2.7 billion a day. Right. Even as at least 1.7 billion workers now live in countries where inflation is outpacing wages. A tax of up to 5%, just, just 5%, a tax of up to 5% on the world's multimillionaires and billionaires could raise $1.7 trillion a year, enough to lift 2 billion people right. out of poverty. That, the richest 1% grab nearly two-thirds of all new, wealth, all new wealth worth $42 trillion created since 2020, almost twice as much money as the bottom 99% of the world's population. Everything is out of balance, and all these things feed on each other because the budget... Is about is is at its root is what our priorities are and how you pay for them. Right, where exactly. you get the money for this. These are the priorities. Where you're going to pay for them? How much we want to pay for? You know, how much we're going to allocate to it? And once you agree upon it, then we go get forward. But uh, all what the budget also has to look at is needs. Right, exactly, exactly. Is needs. I mean, and that's where things get difficult because then when politics get in, you get one party who who don't care about needs. Right, about they, for they, everybody else. Right, for everybody else, they care about wants. Right. They don't mm-hmm. care about needs. They care about wants. You get another party who cares about needs. Mm-hmm. You know, the, we, you know, with the infrastructure bill, the country needs new roads. Right. They need this during during the uh, pandemic. We needed you know, the, all the health care mm-hmm. issues. And to go back to the infrastructure, yeah. because that reminds me of what Elizabeth Warren has been saying for years. Um, we're, she, she also says, we're just asking you to pay your fair share. You drive along the same roads that everybody else does. If you have a factory over here, your trucks and your employees have to go along these roads to get to your factory. Why don't you help to pay for these roads to have them built and have them maintained? And when you're, we're talking about things like roads and bridges, where is that money supposed to come from? It's not going to come from private uh, enterprise. We've seen that because private enterprise, that's what's going on with the, with the railroads. Because private enterprise only cares about profit, only cares about paying their shareholders. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> They're paying their shareholders. The, 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 these companies are worth billions, and they're playing, paying millions to their shareholders, but they're not doing anything for the for the safety uh, safety of their their trains, for example, for the uh, health and welfare of their employees. And this goes back way back to the 19th century during the Industrial Revolution. There was there they didn't care about the workers. There were so many people out there. If one of your workers cut off his hand, bye. There's somebody else come to come take your place. And that's exactly the kind of thinking that that they're. T- and that's what happened with the trains. Now. That's what happened with the trains. They had uh, I think they had a hundred cars. One of these trains that derailed had a hundred cars. And had one person They've in charge of a hundred. The, the railroads have lost thirty percent. But no, that one company, right? No, Norfolk South, no, 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 Southern. Yeah, Norfolk, Norfolk Southern. Norfolk Southern. They have let they have let go thirty percent of their workforce in the last ten years. Right. So right. They, you lose. So they lost thirty percent. But then they built longer trains, way too long. Way too heavy, no, nowhere near enough staff, right, right, or employees, workers, and, and, and workers mm-hmm. so they can pocket more of the money. And right. when all these regulations get wiped away, to let them just do what they want, mm-hmm. exactly, that's exactly. what happens. Exactly. The the president of Norfolk Southern, that's the name of him, testified before Congress, and they kept asking, "What are you going to do? What are you going to do?" All he said, "We're going to do the do right what's thing. Right, right. We're going to do what's right." But he never enumerated what's right. Because right. who was the who was the Congressperson? Um, uh, 
that was true. That was telling him what needed to be done. And he right, right. He and, said, will, "Will you commit to paying for these people? The health, the child care, the health care. Right. They're going to need this. They're going to need that. We'll do what's right because they're never going to get." Then, and, and and by saying, just saying, "We're going to do what's right," you are enumerating what you're going to do. And so they're hiding behind this. And that, as a matter of fact, this reminds me of uh, during the um, Great Recession, and they called some of the car, uh, the, the presidents of the car companies. Remember all the remember the auto companies except for Ford. They needed they weren't called bailouts because what what Obama did he did not bail out the auto companies he helped to get a series of loans which were all paid back early and with interest but when that but before that was done and they called the, the car presidents to Washington they all came in their private planes <laughs> Which was which was uh, just just showed exactly the, the disconnect. They all came with their private planes and their chauffeurs and all of that to Washington to to uh, go before Congress. Meanwhile, we're in the middle of a great recession. People are losing their homes, they're losing their jobs, and they come in private planes. And that's not to say that you don't deserve a private plane if you are the head of an auto company. But if you if you have a private plane, why can't your worker get a a, a living wage? We're not saying giving up your private plane, right? And, and that's the same thing with with with, with this budget with what exactly. the Republicans. All they're doing is protecting their billionaires, their billionaire donors, their millionaire donors, without thinking at all about the rest of the people. Because right. with the budget that President Biden is proposing, and that usually is proposed by Democratic presidents, mm-hmm. is essentially to me, in, to my way of thinking, is saying. You're not going to take care of the people, so we have to. Exactly. That's basically it. Mm-hmm. There, you're not going. You, left to your own devices, you will not take care of their health. Right. You will not give them a living wage. You will not see that they pay them enough to, to take care of the bills that they need. You leave, you leave them out. You leave them out to dry. Right. And so the government comes in. And what's what's troubling to me? It's not surprising that somebody who is super rich thinks that way. Because they're okay, right? It doesn't matter if the, unless the world blows up, and, and they're fine. Like right. you say, they've got their jets, they got they're fine. You know, whatever happens, yeah, they're private the world, tutors, they're private, private tutors, so they're fine. But when you see folks who like people who live in East Palestine, right. who apparently are conservative, mm-hmm. I'm not saying what happened. Oh, oh they, yeah, what they happened, definitely are. Yes, that's Trump country. It's Trump country, and I would never say what happened should have happened. That's right. not the point. But what is troubling is is people who are in that condition, right? Who stand up? Just want to talk about uh, standing on your own two feet. Mm-hmm. A farmer don't want the don't want welfare. Don't want handouts. You've been getting it all your life, right? Right. Exactly. Exactly. You exactly. You don't understand that. It's that you think it's all because of all the misinformation, right? Right. You, they believe what they're being told. You know, it's, it's some poor black mother, you know, ghetto mother getting multiple welfare checks. What about the all the farmers on welfare? All, all, not only all the farmers on the welfare, but all the rich people all, getting their government handouts. Right. That's rich people's welfare. Welfare, right? That's all of them. All the that you know, bail out. Like I said, the, when bail, when Leia Coco went, right? You know, mm-hmm. that's the same thing. All of it, but because they put a different face on. Right. You so you come bringing back the subject of the budget. That's the whole. That's the whole point of the budget of of what President Biden is seeking to do mm-hmm. is, is because is because the disconnect is so bad, and because right. of what was done during the Trump years, and all the things that were cut, mm-hmm. and all the pro, all this the damage that he did. 
We have to rectify that. You cannot have a country where the overwhelming majority of people cannot survive exactly. and can't pay their bills. And and when you get these large heads of companies who are advocating for that, that's what led to unions. Right. Because the obvious thing is, you don't have a company without the workers. Who's going to build a car? You. You're right. Exactly. So yeah, and and what what's what's going on with this? They're saying that Biden. Well, well. When it's a proposal, you know that all of it's not going to pass. And that's where the negotiating comes in. You don't negotiate with a debt ceiling. You negotiate with the budget. And we still have a few more months to get this done before the end of September. But how can you negotiate when the other side offers nothing? And the only thing that they've said was maybe that in order to balance the budget, we have to cut the spending. They want to cut Medicare. They want to cut Medicaid. They want to cut food stamps. They want to cut veterans benefits. They want to cut early childhood education. That's what they want to cut. They don't want to cut taxes. They want to cut all these other things that hurt the majority of the people. Including theirs. Including their own people. Right. That's the, thing people. That, that's the thing that, that always, that is, is, I'm really interested, well, not more than interested, but just, just wondering how this will pan out. All these, these painful programs and, and remedies that they're proposing go against what their own people want. How are you going to push this through? Right. Because when, oh, when your own folks do not want this, your people don't want the budget proposal, the programs you want to cut, the vast majority of people, they want, they need Social Security. Right. They need Medicare. But then, and, 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 and this is my, because we're getting to the end, the, uh, talking about Social Security and Medicare, not Medicaid. Medicaid is specifically for poor people, you know, below right, a certain right. level. But Social Security and Medicare, mm. I want us to, to stop calling them entitlements. They are not entitlements. They are insurance policies that we have paid for. Paid for. We have paid for them from our very first paycheck. And just like you pay your car insurance and your health insurance and you expect it to be there when you need it, you expect to be able to draw from it, that's exact. So it's not it's not an entitlement except that we're entitled to, to our money because it's our money that Actually, we paid into a, it. There's a parallel between that and the, the debt sale. Right, in right. The sense that, in the sense that it's paid for. Right. We're not saying give us some. We put that there for a reason. It's the same thing there. That money is there. It has to be paid. Right, right. Those bills. That's specifically what it's for. Exactly, exactly. And talk about shoring up Social Security and shoring up Medicare, when you raise, the, I think the limit right now is one hundred and sixty thousand. You, you you pay into Medicare and Social Security. I think the the upper limit now is one hundred and sixty thousand dollars. If you raise that to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, do you know how much money that would add to Social Security and Medicare? Again, most people live on you know thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars, but there's a whole lot of people who make more than one hundred and sixty thousand dollars a year. And if they paid up into two hundred and fifty thousand, that would there there would not be any shortage. And the only reason there is a shortage is because previous presidents borrowed from Social Security right. for other programs right. for and their that pet never, programs. That should not be allowed. It should never have happened. Should never have happened. Right, right. So you know, President Biden's uh, budget makes clear one thing. That one in five Americans will be in retirement age or older by 2030, okay? And that he's showing his values mm -hmm. and what he's, and, and his vision for America. And, and we keep saying this, he wants to build it from the bottom up and the middle out. This top down does not work. It has not worked since 1980. This is what they said with the Trump tax cuts. When we uh, had the Trump tax cuts, that will improve the economy. Well, the economy under Trump was horrible. Right. It was horrible. In the last two years of Biden's administration, the economy has 
blossomed. And even though we were under COVID for at least half of that, it has still, it has exploded. There's still inflation, yes. Gas prices are down, but they had gone up. Mm -hmm. But when the gas prices went up, there were two reasons. Number one, the gas gas and oil companies, again, were bringing in major profits and not passing those savings on. But also it was supply and demand. During COVID, nobody went anywhere. Okay, and so there was no de- there was no demand. A year a year out, like last year, people started driving again, and so it was supply and demand. <coughs> so that's a lot of it. But with all of the other things, including the inflation, the economy has done so much better in these last two years than any time in American history. Right, because the focus they're putting in the world, and just real quick before we go out, another point, the Oxfam report talking about what's happening with billionaires and what the, what President Biden is trying to do to right the ship. Billionaires have seen extraordinary increases in their wealth during the pandemic and cost of living crisis years since 2020. That's just three years ago. $26 trillion, 63% of all new wealth was captured by the richest 1%. Wow. While $16 trillion, 37% went to the rest of the world put together. Wow. A billion of one billionaire gained roughly $1.7 million for every $1 of new global wealth earned by a person in the bottom 90%. Billionaire fortunes have increased by $2.7 billion a day. This comes on top of a decade of historic gains, the number and wealth of billionaires have having doubled over the last 10 years. That's why you have to have a budget that, that set things right, because exactly. you have to rein this in. You have to rein this in. And you rein, what you rein in is the inequality. Not the spending, but the inequality of where the spending is going. And to, and to say that people who have paid into Social Security and Medicare all their lives don't deserve it, or those who are um, disabled... A lot of the insulin, you know, that we got insulin reduced to $35 a month for those on Medicare, mm-hmm. but a lot, but all of those who are not on Medicare, people in their 20s, 30s, 40s, they need, insulin is life saving. Not only for, not only for diabetes that you might have gotten through unhealthy habits, but there are a lot of type 1 diabetes, you're born with it. And they need insulin for, for, to live, right. to live. And when you have to pay $1,000 a month, for something that costs $10 a month to manufacture, there's something wrong there. So we will continue this next week. Actually, we're going to have something a little bit lighter next week. Yeah, we need it. <laughs> <laughs> because it'll, it'll, spring will be almost here. Right. But, we, but we want you to keep your eye on the ball because these Republicans are, if they had their way, the rest of us would, would just suffer forever and ever and ever. And anything else, Keith? Because we're going to get ready no, to sign I think, off. No, I think we're good. Okay. Mm-hmm. We will talk to you next yep, week. Yep, see you next week.